Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Another great weekend of college football is coming your way, and we're here to talk about that and more. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Last night in the Queen City, this is the Campus Corner, so I guess Campus Corner encompasses all sports. We're getting to the college basketball portion. That's right. Time for the corner. I know y'all like that, too, but uh, last night, Iowa and Virginia Tech, top 10 matchup in the city. They got it in. Virginia Tech, man, they fought. They fought valiantly, but weren't able to come up with the win as Iowa beats them 80-76. to 76. Capacity crowd at the Spectrum Center, huh? 15,000-plus there to see a women's game. It's really come a long way. And they saw Caitlin Clark go for 44 points. Not all that efficient, 13-31 from the field, but she was still 13-17 from the free throw line. Eight boards, six assists, and only one turnover. She definitely put on a show, man, and it felt like every time I looked at the screen, she was making a three or some type of big shot. Georgia Amore, though, was out there. She brought her A game, 31 points from her, 10 or 23 from the field. Elizabeth Kitley had 16 points and 16 boards. But the Hokies, man, they just couldn't get the plays when they needed them late in this ball game to get a win. Shout out for 15,000 in attendance. We were at 1058 last night hosting some sports trivia at Thomas Davis's sports bar right across Truist Field. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully we get to do it again because we had some fun. And Wes, we were helping out a lot of Hokies fans. We definitely were, man. They were excited about this matchup. All the Hokie fans, they were out and they didn't know a ton about Panthers football, but they played and we appreciate y'all Hokies fans. Sorry y'all had to go through a loss. But at least you got to see a fun Caitlin Clark performance. You mentioned it. It's not like she was the most efficient in the world from the field, but she got to the foul line quite a bit. About 13 of 17 she from the did. free throw line, as you were mentioning some of those stats there, going for 44. I'm glad that a lot of people showed up to this event and they got rewarded for it. So there wasn't a letdown. You got to see Caitlin Clark the go The stars off. were the stars, yep. no doubt stars about it. stars were the stars. You got a close game. You got two high-profile teams, a Final Four rematch from what we saw last season. Everything delivered at the Spectrum Center, and that was the event that was anything Charlotte-related last night. That was the event to pay attention to, and really cool to see how much of a success it was over at the Spectrum Center. And then the Virginia... Cavaliers almost upset Louisville in football last night. They had a 21-point third quarter to put them up 21-14 late. They had this game, and they were battling with Louisville, but Louisville got some big plays, outscored them 17-3 in the fourth quarter, got the job done. Virginia, man, they're starting to wake up just a little bit. Uh, Jack Plummer finally got over 150 yards for once, 243 yards passing, two touchdowns for him. Uh... Jawar Jordan had 95 yards rushing. And then they got a new running back, Isaac Garendo. And he had 94 carry. Or 94 carries. 94 yards on six carries, including a 73-yarder. It's a bleeping workhorse for the right big, there. <laughs> for the big-time touchdown that put them 
ahead for good uh, in this matchup. The 73-yard rush was the one that put them ahead for good, to be exact. And Louisville's all but sewed up their spot in Charlotte as well. They still have to deal with Miami, but it looks like Louisville's going to be meeting FSU for some smoke in the Queen City in the ACC championship game. And let me use my Heel Tough blog resource here, but Fiddy, you were saying that Louisville holds the tiebreaker over North Carolina because of the non-conference or the winning Com- percentage. Common opponents, Common opponents because they've played Virginia and Georgia Tech. And they yeah. do a good football teams are supposed to do those teams. <laughs> yeah. They beat them. The Tar Heels did not. So I think if Florida State, once they dispatch Miami on Saturday afternoon, the AC title game will be set with the Knowles and the Cardinals. Louisville's been explosive in the ground game. Jawar Jordan, if there's anybody that has been able to keep pace with what Amarion Hampton has been able to do this year, Jawar Jordan has been very good. And because of that, on top of Jack Plummer playing some good football this year, too, even if he falls out of Wes Bryant's rankings or at least <laughs> is right there at number five, he's still been very good. Shout to Louisville, man. I mean, that's that's pretty clearly the coach of the year in Jeff Brom, right? I, I don't know who I would be. say so. Mike I mean, Gil- Mike Norvell's he's got an argument as well, but. Um, and I think he may be at the end of the day, but I think Jeff Brom has a great just, chance as well. I don't think those guys win it. The, the guys that have the chance to be a college football playoff contender, mm-hmm. and then even if it's dicey, even if it's 50-50, you got to have low or mid expectations and then surpass those in order to get the coach of the year. This is the conversation we had last year. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites to have, to be honest with you. It's how many times should Dabo Sweeney win head coach of the year when he's the he's the guy that's going undefeated, getting to the college football playoff, it's a down season. If they win the ACC championship, pretty clearly the best coach. But how many Coach of the Year awards does he have? Not many. He's got like two, three, something like that. Do Nick Saban, this is the year where Nick Saban has a better shot to win it, despite this being a worse Alabama team than the other talented squads that we've seen before. Jeff Brom, I, I think he deserves it too. I'm not trying to take it away from him, but it does feel like Brom should win it because of Louisville getting to the ACC championship game with just two games left. It certainly seems that way. And only having the one let down loss to Pittsburgh, but they have done, to Fitty's point, what good teams do. They didn't mess around with Georgia Tech or Virginia. North Carolina did, and Brahms got Louisville in the ACC championship game, man. Uh, game, man. Like, that's not something that we expected. The only thing I would say to, to, to push back on that, and I think he's more than deserving. I think he's a great option. The only thing that may go in Norvell's favor is the fact of where he's bought Florida State from since he's gotten there, and the fact that he has them back on their perch. Like a cumulative award almost? Yes, as a national power. And for them to go undefeated this season, uh, I think that may play favorably for him. But we'll see. Uh, Now, so when we look at the slate of ACC football this weekend, let's do it. We know the Noles have a ton to lose. But let's talk about the teams who uh, have the most to gain and the most to lose this weekend. I'll start this thing off. My team with the most to gain. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Clemson Tigers because they're playing against Georgia Tech, a team that's hot right now, a team that's confident right now, and Clemson needs to get bowl eligible. Who would have thought we'd have been sitting here having that conversation uh, saying that? But I think for Clemson, uh, yeah, they still have got South Carolina left on the resume, but they got to get this game against Georgia Tech. Just go ahead and get it over with. 
get to bowl eligibility. And for my team with the most to lose, uh, I'm going to go with the Duke Blue Devils because this is a team that's still trying to hold on for dear life to their season and the season that we thought that they would have. Going to Charlotte is probably out of the mix for them at this point, but they still want to beat their rival, get their revenge from last year against the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, and I just think that if they lost, it would just be tough for them and kind of derail the type of season at least I thought they would have and many others did when they came out and beat Clemson the way they did at the beginning of the season. I'm having a hard time picking the team with the most to gain. I have a pretty good idea of the team with the most to lose. I'm actually going to go with Clemson because if Clemson loses to Georgia Tech at home, how big of a letdown is that after having the big victory against Notre Dame? You talk about a seesaw season for them. You're right back where you started if you lose to Georgia Tech at home after what was such a big win against the Fighting Irish. It is the half-full, half-empty approach, but I'm kind of viewing that as half-empty. I'll be the pessimist on this one. (laughs) Mr. Positive over there across from me, I'll be Mr. Pessimist here because it's Clemson football. We have seen Tyler from Spartanburg call in because he was fed up with all the losing that we saw. Clemson, as I've mentioned a couple times, the fan base has lived long enough to see themselves become the villain. They're going to show you all sorts of villainy if they lose to Georgia Tech at home in a season that has been a big old disappointment. And it's on the table, Wes. We know how much it's on the table with Haynes King playing some really good football so far this season. I think that's the team with the most to lose. Help me out with the most to gain because I'm leaning towards NC State. It's been a rough week for them with the MJ Morris conversation. If they take care of Wake Forest on the road, You have the next game coming up that's certainly winnable against Virginia Tech, even if that game's on the road. And now you have North Carolina at eight wins. Are you telling me that that team, with the start they got off to, had to go with an in-season QB change and then do it again? West, two in-season QB changes going back to the guy that you didn't want to play after the first month, and you end up with a possible nine-win season? To me, that shows just how stable that program is. I think they're the team with the most to gain. And it's not even all that hard. Like, Wake Forest has not been a good football team this year. Mm -hmm. But if they win, they set themselves up for a possible nine-win season. At the very worst, what, eight? Yeah, it goes to show just how much Dave Doran has been able to get back on track after a bad first month. Well, that team that you just chose with the most to gain, I'm going to go with them as my upset alert this weekend for my Demon Deacon. Uh Uh, I think Wake, like I said, they competed with Duke even though Duke did have the third-string quarterback in there. But Wake, you know, they've been a a, a pesky lot in a lot of games this season. NC State has lost the last three times they've gone to Winston-Salem, even though they have won two out of the last three in the friendly confines of Carter-Finley. But I think that uh, NC State with Brendan Armstrong going back in, we know his uh, propensity to turn over the football. And I feel like that Mitch Griffiths played as confident as he has all season, even though he didn't get the victory. But he looked confident for once. Still holding the ball a little bit too long. But we saw him running all over the field, getting helicoptered and all that stuff, man. We saw some bravado from him. So I think that this Wake Forest team is certainly looking for small victories as this season comes down the wire. And I think that uh, they've got NC State right where uh, they could possibly want them to come in there and beat them. You're asking me for biggest upset alert. I think biggest upset for me, if you're looking at, I mean, does Miami have a shot against Florida State? I mean, if you want to go there, we can we can go there. I mean, the Miami Florida State is still a rivalry game yeah. at the end of the day. I think Florida State's going to get it done, but I can't help but look at that Miami team. But you see the potential with, with Florida State. 
not dominating teams. Like Pittsburgh, 24 to 7. Virginia Tech is another game I go back to. At Virginia Tech, I believe they were able to hang in there for a while. It was a second half separation with Duke. Um, I mean, even when Florida State goes off to a 22 nothing lead, over the they Hokies, play what they fold. Yeah, I mean they do. So is Tyler? Can Tyler Van Dyke go with the Tyler Van Dimes mantra? And not pick apart that Florida State defense, but can they do just enough because they have some good receivers down there in Coral Gables as well. Miami is a team that maybe that could be the squad. And boy, you talk about a team with the most to lose. It's always Florida State. When we ask this question, it's always with the caveat of Florida State not counting. Because clearly if they lose, then they're holding on by a thread to be a top four team in the college football playoff committee's eyes. So it's still them overall. In order to make it interesting, we have to put that caveat in. But if they lose to Miami, man, that would be unfortunate for the ACC. And after we looked at this conference finishing so much better than where we thought they were going to start with North Carolina, the start they got off to, Duke beating Clemson, Florida State going to be in the college football playoff, and now the disrespect starts rearing its head again. Mm-hmm. I, I want to I see Florida State get there because I want the ACC to have some cred going into the post uh, to the postseason in college football. But if it doesn't happen, if the Seminoles lose, it doesn't seem like that would happen, Wes. Well, also, too, a key storyline is going to be is Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman going to play in this football game? Because if both of these guys are missing once again, that would be a huge game for Miami. But Johnny Wilson did return to practice on Tuesday, so it looks like he will play. Keon Coleman, still not sure about him. Uh, about the receivers, Mike Norvell, when he met with the media on Monday, he did say, I do expect us being in a better spot. So he was evasive about it. It sounds like Johnny Wilson is going to play. Not quite sure if Keon Coleman's going to play. So uh, Coleman's had the better year of those two. Johnny Wilson has been played with drops. He's had a bit of a disappointing year. Uh, But we saw Jordan Travis last week. But this was against Pittsburgh. So a team that was coming off a 58-7 loss. He did throw for 360 yards, uh, had multiple touchdowns in the game without his starting receiver. So we know he's capable. But this is going to be a different beast. Even though Miami's offense is struggling, Van Dyke threw three picks in their last game. But we know Miami's defense is pretty stout. Those safeties back there, man. So this should be a good matchup. Can't wait to check it out.